Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. In this episode, I speak with Gonzalo Pena. He is a storyteller, voice talent, thought leader, and he has a podcast called Eno Latino. You can find that on every podcast player. Gonzalo really hangs out on LinkedIn. He's got over 17,000 followers on LinkedIn because of the connections he's made throughout the years. He went to business school, even though he was a trained singer because he wanted to make you know a living for his family. But listen in on how he decided he needed to bring back the singing and how he got into... Um, basically was in the opera, which is pretty fascinating. It is, this is a, a really great story because it, we talk about the pivots, but also from where Gonzalo was from in Venezuela and some of the paths that he took to get where he is now. You guys do not want to miss this. You can follow again, Gonzalo on every podcast player. Eno is I-N-N-O Latino podcast. And you can also find him on LinkedIn and Gonzalo is G-O-N- Z-A-L-O-P-E-N-A. Another episode you do not want to miss. Hi, it's Juliette Hahn, storytelling consultant and the host of five different podcasts. I have two more podcasts coming out. Uh, stay tuned for those. So what do I do in my consulting parts of my business? I help small business owners shorten the buying cycle and increase sales by using key parts of your story. By leveraging your personal and business story, you can build relationships with potential customers on a deeper level and help them feel more connected to you, help you stand out in this noisy digital world. When you're doing that, this can lead to a shorter buying cycle and increased sales. So what makes me an expert? I have developed a strong intuition for understanding and reading people from a very, very early age. It is my superpower. I have perfected my skills over the last 20 years and it started in advertising and then I pivoted into interviewing, uh, podcasting and speaking. So what I really help you guys do is find those gold bits of your story and be able to help you connect the dots. I help you find those pieces that always should be brought up if you're doing podcasting, if you're doing social media posts, if you're networking, I find and help you connect those dots to those little gold bits that should always be brought up. I offer a 30-minute free discovery call. If this is something that you're interested in exploring a little bit more, please email me at info at com. Welcome back to your next stop. You know, I say it every single time. I'm so excited to bring you guys another story of someone that has followed a passion. Welcome, Gonzalo Pena. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, I'm really excited to get into this. So Gonzalo is a storyteller, voice talent. He is a thought leader. And then he also is the host of Eno Latino podcast, which you can find on all the podcast players. So uh, we're going to get into this conversation, but I would love for you just to start a little bit, Gonzalo, about your background, where you grew up, you know, a little bit about your early childhood years. Sure. I'm originally from Venezuela. That's where I was born and raised. And I the son of a musician and a clerk and a secretary. And um, I thought my entire life that I was going to be like my daddy. My dad started uh, singing for a living when he was 12 years old. And uh, and I thought that was it, you know, because it's, it's, it was very ingrained in my, my identity. My dad never forced us to study music, but that's what I did. I did. 12 years of musical theory. And um, 
And uh, I started a different career to be able to follow the music, you know, because I, I saw that my dad had to have like five jobs to be able to feed us. And, um, so um, eventually I had a visa, a student visa to come to the U.S. And my dad, uh, I, I told my dad, hey, finally, I'm going to be able to fulfill my dream and be like you, dad. And my dad told me, get your degree in business, please, and then do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, do have to, I do have to ask, um, I mean, obviously, you were able to hold a tune. Was it as easy for you as your father? Or is it something because I know there's people that, you know, naturally can sing. It's just like a gift. Other people have to work on it. So was it something that you were just gifted with the, you know, your voice? Or was it something that you did have to put a little effort into? Well, we all had to, uh, you know, perfect or, or craft some, somehow. I mean, and I had to work on it. Um, but we, we, all my siblings and myself had good pitch. And you I remember, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, I was in, in the school of music. I was surrounded by uh, kid geniuses, you know, kids that were winning international competitions of piano in Europe or the, uh, that were being becoming famous because of the, the their talent, you know, and I thought it was like, ah, just me. And one day, one of my music teachers, she was kind of upset. And she was, she was like, do you have any idea of the talent you have? Do you think that any, any anyone else can has your talent here? And I, I, up to that moment, I consider myself like average, like nothing, nothing special. And then it took a, a teacher to talk, tell me, actually, you're, you're good at this, you know? So that my answer would be, I probably have um, inherited a lot from my dad in, the, in that aspect. The natural talent. Now, does you, can your mom hold a tune as well? She was able to hold a tune. Yep, pretty much. She has a she had, she had a beautiful voice as well. So she right. So I mean, that's though. a gift. I oh, so, and I find that so fascinating because that's one thing I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I could be tone deaf. I think that I can sing, but I really cannot. And my entire family were kind of all like that. My husband, though, every once in a while, he'll sing, and I'm like, "Wait a second, you actually don't sound like my like my my siblings and my mom and stuff." And it's interesting because the kids, when they were like younger, they you know they did chorus in school, and I think some of them a little bit could hold tune now. We we did not go into the into the arts of singing, but I always find it really fascinating when someone has that natural talent, right? It's just something that really comes to them easily, and then others it comes easily, but they still put that extra effort in. And then others, you know, don't have um, you know any singing voice. And I'll give you an example. It's funny, my uncle. We kind of always said that my mom's family really could not sing. There were seven of them, or there are seven of them, and he decided that he wanted to go and practice and do the Ave Maria for one of um, his nephew's wedding, my cousin's wedding. And we were all like, oh, because the cousin that was getting married actually has a gorgeous singing voice, but it comes from his mom's side. So he sang the Ave Maria at my wedding. I mean, he's amazing. He's in a band. Um, shout out to you, Michael Cummings. Um, but so he just really has a beautiful voice. So my uncle Jim did go and trained for a while and did the Ave Maria. And I have to say, we were all super impressed. Like, oh my gosh, maybe you can practice. I mean, he had to really practice and really focus. It didn't come naturally to him. But I always think that's fascinating. And especially since you got it from both sides, that, you know, 
you had the talent? Well, that's something interesting. Two things. The first one, it, it reminds me that Michael Jordan, when he grew up, his his older brother was better than him in basketball, you know, and he, and, but that became, you know, the challenge, you know, the, the spark for him to get better and train and train and train, train so he would become, uh, well, the, the, the kind of player, the legend that he he is still. You know? um, the other hand, interestingly, I, I, the only thing I've done professionally and on a regular basis as as a musician uh, was uh, six years in the Utah Opera, you know, as a baritone. And, uh, but in order to audition, I, I got a, a voice coach, you know, uh, a singing coach, you know, and uh, um, she is, she was a mezzo soprano from Ecuador. Great talent. Joconda Vaca, shout out for you. And, uh, well, I, I was, it was, it was really special because I, um, I got myself also a very good pianist to accompany me. And I was really nervous, really nervous when I, when I did that. Uh, and I got there and the conductor of the, of the uh, opera choir, uh, she was, she had this poker face and really piercing blue eyes and okay. And, and so on, so on. Go ahead. So, and, and the piece I had started is is from the Marriage of Figaro, and it just starts with one chord, boom, and then you start singing. So wow. it was like, okay, giddy up now, <laughs> right? Um, and and uh, it was one moment in which the pianist and I didn't get uh, at the same time, or, or got. Uh, I, I think I got too long in a note and I just did one gesture and he kind of looked at me and then we continued. You know, so um, the, the conductor raised her, her eyes and like, is everything okay? Kind of, and then she came back, she went back to, <laughs> to reading my resume and I was surprised when I was done that she, on, on the spot, she offered me a contract. You know? <laughs> so that was very fulfilling. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love that. And I love that. Just, you know, thank you for sharing that. So now we're going to go back. So you went to business. You, well, your dad said, please go into business. So what did you study in at university? So I went to, uh, to study uh, business administration with a specialization in international in Utah Valley. And Utah is well, where I reside now with my wife, family. Um, I I tried well. I always had music uh, on the side uh, in my church. You know, I, sometimes I conducted a choir. Sometimes I was part of a choir. But um, with the limitations that you have as a student and on a student visa here, I knew that if I if I had chosen uh, music as my major, I was going to start. Here you. I there there are already very few spots available for any musician out there and uh, I would I mean and, and I knew that if I if I had to justify me working out there as a musician because that was a career uh, that I was involved with and, the, and those are the the type of limitations that you have as a student visa I knew I don't I wasn't gonna be able to to go move forward. 
So um, eventually I, I wanted to become a, a good provider for a family. So I thought the most practical thing was to study business. Having said that, it really, I'm going to say painful not to be involved in, in, with music uh, the same way I, I had been involved before. Well, I mean, when you're passionate about something, and you know, I talk about this a lot on this podcast, creative passion is everyone needs to find that. Everyone needs to figure out what their creative passion is. And it doesn't mean you have to draw because that's what I originally always thought that creative passion was. You know, oh, I'm not creative because I'm not, I don't draw. Like, right. I draw my, my, I basically, I'm like stick figures. That's, that's how when I draw, I'm really terrible. Same with in the singing. Those are not my creative things. But what I'm creative is, is my storytelling and how I connect with people through talking. And that is creative, but you don't think of it as something that's creative or athletics. That was, you know, for many times of my life, it was the athletics that I was doing. And I was getting that same kind of feeling as following creative passion. And so a lot of times I talk to women in my time at the age that I am after, you know, where our kids are a little bit older and they feel lost. And it's usually because they're missing that creative passion. And I always say, you have to find it. You have to explore it. So the fact that you just brought that up, right? You're now you're studying business and the thing that you truly love, you're not doing. So take us through that a little bit. And how did you incorporate it back? As I said, sometimes I, sometimes I, I had the chance to, to sing or conduct choirs in, in my church. Um, I graduated from business, and uh, interestingly, I applied for a, a master's in orchestral conducting, and I, I didn't get in. And that was very frustrating to me. I knew I had another passion, which was um, diplomacy, international relations. So uh, I applied for a, a program that had deep connections with the United Nations because I wanted to be in an organization that, that where I could help change, make the world a better place. You know? So I got accepted and I got a, uh, I, I was able to work for a couple of years in two different agencies of the United Nations. But um, interestingly, one of those jobs that I had was because I joined the, the choir of the UN uh, workers, you know, and uh, I was able to, and, and that was very, very special because uh, a couple of times I sang in the general assembly hall. So, you know, with the big symbol of the, uh, the world behind you and you know, by, by the pulpit, I'm like, wow, I'm in the center of the world. I'm singing, I'm singing to, a, to, a, to the planet. You know? um, eventually, um, I, when my wife and I moved back to Utah, she was the one uh, who told me, you know, they're they're requesting people that the Utah Opera is is looking for men to to join. You should you should audition. I was like, nah. nah. I mean, I sing in choirs, but I'm not the I mean, the opera. I, I sang it as an, an opera as a kid, you know. It was Tosca. I was a, an altar boy, and and that was it. You know? And she kind of insisted, and and that. That burden inside, that, that need to have that creativity was too much. So I decided to listen to her. And I, I didn't know that eventually uh, when I auditioned, that I was going to get a contract on the spot, you know. So right. spouses out there, listen to your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, but here's the thing. And I would love to know 
a little bit about when you started doing that. Did you see things in your world changing? Did you start getting that fire back that you maybe were not having? Because I think that's something that people don't really think about. Like sometimes you just are going through life. You know, life is fine. There's, there's no, it's not bad. It's not great. But then when you add that passion back in, just like it's like firecrackers. So if you could take us through that a little bit. Yeah. At that moment, I had to pivot into something different because uh, uh, I live in a state where um, not a whole lot of people believe in the United Nations uh, and the, the, the role they they do. I don't know if I, if I believe the same way uh, as I did before. And uh, so I had to reinvent myself and, and try different avenues. And what really stuck was uh, becoming a, a translator or working in translation services. So I did that for different agencies of the Department of Justice, as a matter of fact. So I was working with law enforcement a lot, and I was dealing literally with the worst of humanity there. And uh, you can tell the, <laughs> uh, that you're, you're feeling that you're making a difference. You know, sometimes you felt, man, I'm in a movie. Or something. But other occasions, like, the, this is really burdensome. It's not, I, uh, so at that time is when, when I found out of, uh, about the, the addition and, and uh, I started uh, practicing, you know, rehearsing and, and singing in operas as well. And it's interesting because what, when I was on stage, it was going back to what I was, you know, to uh, you know, being on stage and over an orchestra and a conductor. And you being able to sing your heart, your heart out to to an audience, and finally get getting a, a standing ovation. And it's not just me; it's just the team, and and we work together in this. And not only that, the people from the guitar uh, opera, the the that make the costumes, are real real artists, you know. And sometimes you thought, like, wow, I can't believe I'm I'm getting to to be part of something so so great and so beautiful. And that brought back uh, uh, a great uh, piece of my identity. Yeah. I, I something I had lost in my life, and um, and uh, I'm very grateful for those years that I that I spent in, in the Utah opera. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And I, and I, again, as you said, listen to your spouse. Sometimes we know, um, and vice versa when our partner is flailing and what maybe they need to explore. And I think it's really important that open communication. So after you left the the opera and you were, you know, doing the translation, where did your career take you there? Well, I kept working with law enforcement and uh, as a language analyst for a bit. And it got to the, the point uh, that I wanted to do more for my people, Latino people. And not only that, but um, I realized that in the organization that I was working, there there was no career path and I wanted to grow. I have that, I have that grow, growth mindset. And I, I've had witnessed good leadership and bad leadership as well. And I thought, you know, 
my people need to see good examples of leadership. I'm Venezuelan, and right now Venezuela is still going through a, a dictatorship. Uh, as many people, several generations now, the only thing they know as leadership is the the autocrats that that have been in power. You know, and very very poor example. So I thought if there's something that I that I'd like to do is inspiring my people and and uh, I quit my job to become a content marketer. What I didn't know is that weeks later, a pandemic was, was going to start in the, <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm still a content marketer, but it, uh, it brought a lot of uncertainty. Now, I need to back, backtrack a little bit because growing up in Venezuela, I, my dad uh, was very involved in in the audio scene. So, in, and in Venezuela, it's very hard to get a, a permit to to speak on in the media, you know, on, on TV, speaking live. So he he had passed that test, and and we saw we always saw him or listen to his voice in on TV because he sang commercial jingles, you know? and. And I, we were used to, to being in audio studio. So I knew uh, for many years that I wanted to do something, something with audio, something in which my voice could, could have an impact. And I knew that I wanted to do something that would inspire people. So literally around 15 years, I had this project of doing something, um, with audio. I, I was, I, I, I knocked on the, the door on a couple of, uh, radio options here locally and i didn't think that that was going to be uh scalable or optional by the time covid hit i realized that the technology had evolved so well that i could start my own podcast and that i wasn't going to have to invest a whole lot to to put my content out there and by then i had a grown a, a very strong network on LinkedIn because I had sought out to meet the people who would inspire me. So, and I knew that if to interview those people, they would spot, they would inspire my audience. So I, I finally took the courage and, and, and a very, uh, a very hard on myself. So I, I was really afraid that whatever I was going to put out there, uh, wasn't going to be a, a quality, you know, despite the fact that I sang in the, the opera, I hate to listen to my own voice singing, um, <laughs> cause I'm very self-conscious, you know? So when I was at a point that I, I would tolerate my own voice speaking on, on microphone, I decided to, to start my own podcast. And I, the name came on a whim, literally like, well, I want to do about innovation and I'm a Latino and, and that's kind of my target, the Latino leadership. Okay. You know, Latino. Okay. I ain't know Latino. Let's go with it. You know? Right. And uh, that's it. I make an effort in every single episode to, to inspire people. And, you know, I mean, the thing is when, when we're meant to be doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know, I believe in God and I believe that we all have a path. We all don't always find that path, but when we find that path and the doors just open, and it's effortlessly kind of going through, you know, you run into a little bit, maybe you're supposed to go left instead of right, but it is such a beautiful feeling. 
of, you know, okay, I'm in the right path. And so for 15 years, you had this kind of in the back of your mind. What was the feeling when you, you know, as you said, the name came up, like you really just kind of, it flowed with what you were doing. If you could let the listeners know how that felt. Julia, thank you for saying that because even today I was talking, speaking with my wife about that. We're, We're religious people, you know, and one of the tenets of my church is, it's a very, it's a verse in, in, in the New Testament in the Epistle of James that says, "If man, if any of you lack of wisdom, le, let him ask of God." Sorry, I know, I know the scripture in Spanish, no? <laughs> and, <laughs> right. but pretty much say that if you need wisdom in your life, you can ask of God, and He will give it and grant it to you, you know, abundantly. And and um, I have a project right now of of uh, taking now the content on my podcast on the, also in print and online. So I was telling my wife, you know, when I married you, everything fell into place, fell, fell into place, you know, and felt like we clicked and I, and, uh, we were right for each other, you know? And then she reminded me, yes, but remember, um, I wasn't easy to be with sometimes. And I say this with the, because, uh, she get, she had me wait four months before, before five months before she she'd say yes to me to a, a marriage proposal. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she said, and you had we had to work together and and put effort into it. So um, it's a balance between both things, you know, between feeling that you are you are at a path that you are you are at ease and your mind and your heart feel that you know that shot of dopamine. And like, yeah, I, this is building me inside and outside. Like, and and I love it. And the other, but the other side is also uh, daring and taking the, the leap of faith to to go to the next level, to take the next step, which is not easy sometimes. And uh, to be honest, I still need to take a lot of uh, steps into the dark or leaps of faith, if you will. And it's it's a it's a balance between both things. Like, you know, you know that this has been, has felt right for a long time and let's keep going. If it wasn't fulfilling, uh, if it was actually becoming something to the detriment of your health, man, don't, that, that, that should be sign enough for you to change something, you know, uh, yeah, not necessarily now, the entire professional path, but yeah. Right. But, but exploring it, right. If someone doesn't feel ready to explore it. So please, I know in the beginning of the episode, we kind of took people through where they can find you. And I do, you know, I do a, a kind of an intro, what we talk about, but can you let people know like where to find you when your podcast, um, you know, when you release your dates and, and, and anything else that you want to share with the audience? Thank you. So I operate exclusively on LinkedIn uh, at least right now. So Gonzalo, that's G-O-N-Z-A-L-O, and last name Peña, P-E-N-A. And uh, my platform is called Inno Latino. That's I-N-N-O, Latino. It's a bilingual podcast, but I'm also posting uh, weekly uh, written content on my profile. In the, in the features of uh, LinkedIn has the feature for co- content creators that are really cool, by the way. And I highly recommend that to everyone. And it, and it can be either video or, or written or, or uh, 
you know, if you're a designer, you can put your stuff there, uh, up there too. And I'm about to uh, launch the uh, next season of my podcast in, in two weeks. And so be on the lookout, please. <laughs> That's great. Well, I have to say, Gonzalez, thank you so much for joining your next stop. We really appreciate you here telling your story and inspiring others. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Thank you for doing the same and giving us a chance to do it. Thank you. You guys, you know what to do. Like, rate, review, and share. You might be listening and saying, oh, that's an interesting story, but you don't know who needs to hear this story. You don't know who in their life right now is maybe stuck, maybe needs to uh, pivot a career, and this episode is going to help them. So also go and follow Gonzalo on LinkedIn and his podcast. Thank you again, and we will see you guys for the next episode of Your Next Stop. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 